Let's do this. Basketball! <laughs> <laughs> that's, from a, that's from a video game. It's my favorite scene ever. What is that, like Mighty Ducks or something? No, it's from Borderlands, the pre-sequel. They go to like a, like they're on the moon oh. and they're on a basketball yeah. court because there's, but there's no like, because gravity is so low. He gets on like a gravity lift thing to do like a dunk, you know? His name is Dunks Wilson. And he goes, let's do this! Basketball! And then it flies off into space. <laughs> and they're like, it seems like Dongs Wilson has fallen out of the gravitational pull of Elpis. Which is the moon. And, the, and then you try to do it because you can butt slam. You can literally like, you can just go like that. <laughs> you just go, bam, right through the hoop. And then it explodes and it plays like, do 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 you know what i'll send you the link real quick <laughs> this has been high thoughts with grayson rising action rising action should be good to go i believe so i just want my phone call what do we actually know rising action podcast Welcome back to the Rising Action Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm one of your lovely, lovely hosts. And the guy over there doing the Sith impression is Grayson. Execute Order 66. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! We're back, baby. We back. We back. We back. I feel like we say that every single time. Yeah, I know. Uh, Honestly... I think this podcast has just turned into a once a month kind of thing. <laughs> Remember when it was like 16 weeks in a row or something where we went like, like, yeah, flawless without fail every single week, sometimes more. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore because we both are really busy. Well, uh, yeah, I work quite a bit. Grayson works quite a bit. I've got a, a, a female interest. As do I. Grayson does too, but she doesn't take up his immediate time every day. I mean, I'm talking to her nonstop on my phone. So, like, when I started dating her, my screen time went from, like, four hours a day to, like, seven hours a day. So... Hey, that <laughs> Girls will do that to you. It's true. But guess anyway, what? So here we are. <laughs> we're, we're here. And we're back like we never left. So, one thing I wanted to do, now that it is uh, well into 2021... Um, I wanted to revisit some of the enjoyable moments we had in 2020. So what better way to reminisce on what a poopy year it was than to talk about some of the movies we watched in 2020. And so each of us has compiled a list of some of our favorites that we watched in 2020. Not necessarily movies that were made in 2020, just movies we watched in 2020. Oh, that's what we're doing? Oh, I did it in 2020, but that's fine. Oh. Well. Because I watched a lot of movies that I didn't track in 2020, but... Oh. You know how it be. Well, I guess one of us is going to have a list of movies they watched in 2020, and one of us is going to have a list of movies that came out in 2020. Yeah. So why don't you kick us off with... Uh, just the the top of your list, well, the bottom, I guess, of your list. We'll work our way up to the bet. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting movie. mixed signals here. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, the bottom. Listen, 
I mean, the. I mean, I realized halfway through that sentence that you probably didn't rank them, and I, I didn't either. So I didn't I was rank like, it. Yeah, I didn't. So I you want to just like spit one out? Yeah, just spit one out. Um, I okay. So this is one of my favorite movies of last year. It did come out last year, probably in my top three actually. Um, and that would be Pixar's Soul. I loved that movie. Have you seen I it? I guess it technically did come out. I did. I didn't think about the fact that that came out last year, but it did. I watched it on uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. I, did, I believe I yeah, did the Soul same thing, was, actually. It was... Soul was quite good. I So, here's the thing. is like, um, apparently, like, certain... Relig- like religious groups or whatever are kind of getting like irritated with it because of like its view on the afterlife and stuff but that's not oh, yeah. really the message of the movie like that hasn't like it's just a, it's a no. it's a very fun creative way like I don't think anybody's gonna watch soul and be like yes this is what I believe in now like no I don't yeah I'm like, especially because like you know what there's a little dude with an abacus that's like i'm gonna find you yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like this is not yeah but it, it's it's really it's very obviously not a not a attempt at i don't even know what you even call that, like but it's even not like it's goofiness it, it's like they incorporate religious figures into the the movie that also have completely different religions like um gosh what is the name of like the most oh god what is her name um mother teresa and like gandhi yeah. and stuff like they're in it you know and you're like okay well like clearly they don't believe in like whatever this is but regardless right. i watched this movie and my mind was like actually blown because visually it is so stunning it's amazing. it is pixar's like best work of course i mean of course it's going to be and the, the way they recreated Earth, like New York, was unbelievable. It's so like so like it was so weird because I'm like <laughs> I'm watching it and I made the comment, bless you. Um, I made the comment to Appreciate my friends that. that they were. I was like, how does this manage to look like real life without being real life at all? Like, yeah, because like even honestly. like the, I'm looking at the people and I'm like, those people look real, even though they're totally exaggerated yep. for animation. But you can see like their hairs and their pores and stuff even though like they look like animated characters and like the fo- like focal distance and depth perception and yeah. like the way the lighting like refracts around buildings and off windows and like it's it's so good it was crazy also because it was probably the first animated movie ever that had a black protagonist that accurately portrayed african americans too yeah which was really really cool um it wasn't just kind of like a parody of, you know, black people. It was accurate. And there was a lot of people really excited about that aspect of the movie when it came out as well. And then you get into it, and it's so mesmerizing, the world that, you know, they created with New York was just like, whoa. Like, I wish the whole movie took place there. I wish he never went to space or afterlife or whatever it was. Yeah, there were some parts where, like, I, you know, I thought the movie was going to be in a completely different direction in terms of, like, yeah. what it was going to be about. I thought it was going to be very musical-based. And, like, in a sense, it still is. But you watch it, and you're like, oh, no, this is something different in a good way. Yep. I don't think it harms the movie by any means. Um, yep. But I watched it, and I finished that movie, and I was like, wow, that is such a simple but profound message, you know? Um, yep. 
and you know I don't want to spoil it for anybody because it's still pretty fresh. But um, yeah, Soul really, man, it really stood out to me. Soul was um, a good one. Yeah, and it's it's up there one for of me the movies in some of I... like, Pixar's like best. But anyway, continue. Yeah, definitely. I think it's probably Pixar's best movie to date. But uh, one of the movies I really enjoyed in 2020 was The Two Popes. It was mm. it was a Netflix original, and it was phenomenal, phenomenal. So, um, who was in that movie? It was Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins, and it was about the transition of power to our current pope. I say our current pope like I'm Catholic. I'm not, but <laughs> uh, to the current pope, and it it <clears throat> it kind of mixed real life and fiction together seamlessly it, it kind of did a, a dramatic like here's what they could have been thinking when this happened kind of thing you know where they do some kind of like a reimagining of you know how people were reacting and acting during you know real historical events so it was really interesting in that sense but also the writing and acting were unbelievable like oh god so good um and just the rapport between hopkins and price on screen was uh, oh my god it was so good yeah so that movie was just mesmerizing and i haven't seen it twice yet i want to see it a second time um but the two popes was phenomenal yeah i i have not watched it but i remember you telling me about it um yeah, I think it's it should still be on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it was a Netflix original. So speaking of Netflix originals that I totally forgot, I have one other one on my list, but I completely forgot about it. And we talked about it, I think, towards the beginning of the genesis of this Extraction. podcast. Extraction. Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. I want to rewatch that one. I again. remember that movie. I like it. Yeah, I think I need to see it. I think well, I don't know. You watched it I've two times, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I so like I Chris Hemsworth. I like action. I like Sam Hargrave. I've seen more and more of him. He worked on The Mandalorian, yeah. which is a totally makes sense. Um, of course he did. He was on like I watched him on the documentary. I was like, hey, I know you. It's that guy that we we know. Yeah, not really, but we see him in other stuff. Right. Um, yeah. No, that was like a, a solid action movie. And honestly, I thought the characters were like, well, like it's sometimes a little cliche, like still pretty well, like well done. And I like its setting a lot. I really like yep. things that are set in India or like um, kind of anywhere in that like specific region of of uh, Asia. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Um, and I want to go back and just watch that like really long oneer that they did because um, oh it's like it is. You start it and you're like, oh oh, it's going now. It's going. Um, Speaking of oneers. I know what you're going to say. There's a movie that's entirely a, a one <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I watched it just the other and, day, actually. In 1917, mm-hmm. came out in 2020. Te- uh, well, and eh, well, well, it came out in 2019. Didn't it, though? But the act- Did it? Yeah, it was a limited release in 2019, and then it came out in 2020 to, like, all theaters. Yeah, well... So it, it, is, okay. li- it is listed as a 2019 movie. I consider it a 2020 <laughs> movie. I digress. We watched it in 2020. Both you and I did. Yeah. It was in theaters in 2020 when I watched it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe that should be the, the barometer. Well, it doesn't even matter because I watched it in 2020. Yeah. So who cares? Um, that movie made me cry the first time. It makes me cry uh, every probably time. Probably because <laughs> I haven't cried the other times. Uh, I think I've seen it three times now. Um, I, I think it's because it is a one shot film or the appearance of a one shot film that some of those moments get a little bit repetitive and I don't know why exactly but it's not one of those movies that has got so many nuances to it where you see something new every time you watch it kind of thing like the first time you watch it you kind of get the full picture of it right um there are other movies that you can watch multiple times like Tenet for example that you almost have to watch two or three times just to kind of understand what the freak is happening 1917 is not that movie you get it fairly easily the first go around um but the emotional moments in 1917 are so impactful that they last and they stick with you and i remember i drove home from that movie just like in silence i was like oh this movie's incredible um and i'd also not seen a movie that did a one take that well uh birdman was the only other one take major motion picture that I'd ever seen and I liked 1917 more as a movie and as a one take film it's um, there's a couple other one take movies out there but they're not on anywhere near the same level in terms of production value and things like that there's an interesting point that you make with um, or you connected it to Birdman and, weird, and weirdly I'm connecting it to another movie that we both really love that you inspired me to go watch and I loved it was The Revenant and that yeah. in 1917 and the Revenant both kind of have that like not that they're both they're not both one shot Revenant was was directed by the same guy who did Birdman, um, Inyaritu is his last name. Um, yes. And uh, when I, I was wa- rewatching 1917 two or three days ago with my dad, um, and I, I was rewatching it. I was showing it to him for the first time, and I watched it in 4K. It was incredible. Um, yeah. And I remember I was like, see, he's not a big fan of The Revenant. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's going to watch this and be like, this movie's too slow. or like the, Because they have a very similar like arc in terms of like this one character kind of like going on this very long journey that's very harrowing and scarring, yeah. at least mentally and physically. Um, and I, we finished it, and my, I was like, what did you think about it? And he's like, I really liked it. And I was like, yeah, it's not your typical war movie. It's not all guns and action. There's a, It's... It's more focused on the human the humanity side of of war, and that like yeah. this is a kid in one of the like the biggest war of the world at that time, and like when he mm-hmm. gets out of that river and he just starts like like crying, you know, like from everything he's losing it. I'm like, God, dude, like he is- and then he goes immediately from that, like he is mentally breaking and the next thing that happens is you have all these soldiers about ready to go to battle and they're in this big circle and one of them is singing about home and it's just oh can i like it just hits you like a mac truck random question so mm-hmm. in the movie and you've seen it i think one more time than i have so he's talking to Blake his friend that uh you know that or pretty early on uh, gets killed and it's very emotional. 
um, mm-hmm. they you know they talk they have a discussion about like him like he doesn't want to go home or something you know like he's like afraid to go home and then he bumps into the lady the the French lady and she asked him if he has um, asked him if he has any kids and she, or he, he doesn't even answer um then at the end of the movie like after he is gone to his like brother or to find Blake's brother he sits down next to that tree and he like opens up a picture and there's like a woman and like a little girl is that his wife and daughter Mm -hmm. it is I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think based on the way so the movie I didn't catch that in the first time. Yeah. I didn't catch that the first time like I went around and I was like, "Wait. He does have a a kid. Like he does have a family." Like when he said he wanted to go mm-hmm. back to his family, I was assuming like his mother and father and siblings, you know, right. or his grandparents, not like oh, the family he started. Um yeah. And I'm I'm wondering like I don't know. It just it, it adds a new perspective to me on on his character. Um, yeah, I believe the actor is George McKay or something like that. Um, oh yeah, and he's in. Oh, he was in a movie that just I mean just came out. Is like eight months the way things are going. Right now. <laughs> but um, he was in a movie that came out recently in a one of those last rounds of new movies coming out that looked very interesting that I never saw. Yeah, I remember I, I saw a trailer I for that. I think I know what you're talking about. Because I remember seeing, oh, it's George Mackay from uh, 1917, the dude that was a nobody before 1917 and is now a household name. Household is putting it a little strongly, but I'd say he's well, pretty Well, if up you there. like movies. Is <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. For regular people, you wouldn't know who he is. Yeah. But for nerds like me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. 1917 is killer, though. Love that movie. So good. So um, is it my turn now? Yeah, it's your turn. Okay, so we talked about Netflix exclusives. Um, and I want to talk about uh, The Devil All the Time. Uh, mm. Did you see that movie? <laughs> I did. What did you think? I don't know if we ever I watched talked it at about work. It. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Well, that's... Mm, considering your line of work, that's not safe for that. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was not a great work movie, but it, I, uh, huh. I liked it, but also it was bizarre. It is pretty bizarre, um, yeah. There are, like, okay, everything worked out. All the loose threads came together. But for a while there, I was like, where is this going? Like it just seemed so disconnected. Right. Um, you don't like you don't understand how it all like how it's all connected until towards the end. You're like, right. Oh, like you literally don't understand until the last fifteen minutes of the movie how everything kind of connects. And I am not a huge fan of like narrators telling you things, you know. Um, and it and it and it needed it to be honest because it was literally it reminded me a lot of um. 
The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, how that movie was individual vignettes of a bunch of different things. Yeah. And The Devil All the Time felt like that until all the vignettes came together and formed one cohesive story. Um, and so at first I was like, please don't be this kind of movie. Because I really did not like Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Like, How dare you? When you have all... I'm sorry. When there's all those vignettes... I was not a fan of like half of them. And so I was like, well, I don't like half this movie. So if they were all a bunch of short films, that would have been something. I digress. I was thrown off by the fact that it was all over the place. And it was uh, gnarly. Like it, there were things in there that was just you're tough. Like, you're like really oh. tough. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, um, man. It didn't pull any punches. I'll say though, hey, Tom Holland kills it, it in was that so movie. Good. He was so good in that movie. And Robert Pattinson creeped me out. Yep. I was and not. And that one dude with his eyes that are too close together that was swallowing spiders. Dude. What's that, what's that actor? That guy's name? also in Ballad of Buster Scruggs. He's, he plays freaking. Yeah. Um, God, what's his he face? He plays the dude with no arms and legs. Yeah, but he also in plays Liam Neeson's uh, Dudley script. Dursley in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. He got he got he lost weight. He used to be a little. He lost a lot of weight. He used to be a little. A little Holy sh- cow! He was yeah. Dudley. Yeah, he was so chubby. I don't even remember looking at his eyeballs. Yeah, dude's eyes are so close together. Yeah, they're like right. I saw. I mean, y'all can't thing. see, but I'm like pointing right next to my nose. Do you know? Like they, it looks uh, so weird. Anna Taylor Joy, you know the actress. Yeah. So someone said if they had if. If they had a kid, their oh, eyes would be no. at normal length because her eyes are so... No. <laughs> I was like, that is so mean. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that as soon as you brought her up. Apparently, they're both in... Um... God, what They're was both that? in a movie together. No. I think they're... Oh, no, they they're in, in that, uh, that... The chess thing? Yeah, the Queen's... Queen's Gambit. Gambit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... She's in The Witch. Yeah, she's creepy. She's creepy in The Witch, and he's in The Devil All the Time, and he's freaking creepy Dude. in The Devil All the Time. Yeah. Dude, when he shot his wife and then was like, all right, Lord, do a miracle, bring her back, I was like, what the? I, yeah. There's so much in there that makes you go, what the frick am I watching? It's like, what so are these people doing? Dude, okay. So there's so much that's so messed part, up about that movie. The part with what's his face and the woman who ends up being Sebastian Stan's like sister. She's like the hooker lady. Yeah, where they like seduce people and then murder them. Yeah, not <clears throat> just murder them like freaking cut them up, castrate them. Yeah. Oh, I was. Gosh. Like, they show that and I was like, what? Yeah. What? And then I'm like, Tom Holland, you got to get out of there, man. You got to be in Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I will give them some credit for that because it was so nasty that as soon as Tom Holland got in a car with him, I was like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, but also Which Tom is what Holland, you want. He, like I said, also just his character in general. Yeah, kicks ass in this movie. It's bad a dude. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that movie thoroughly. It gave me also very strange like Stephen King vibes, and I'm not really sure why. Yeah. Uh, no, one thousand percent. That was a Stephen King feeling story. Yeah, it just effed up in all senses. Yeah, um, 
I I enjoyed it though. I thought it was Tom Holland's best performance, and it makes me even more excited for uh, for Cherry, which is his newest movie that's coming out. And that is the movie like yeah, I was going to with the Russo brothers, right? Yeah, that's the movie that I'm currently most excited for, uh, at least for this year. But that, I'm kind of jumping the gun there. Dune, I am most excited for Dune. That's true. There's another movie that's coming out I'm so with Denzel Washington on HBO Max. Yeah, The Little Things. Yeah, that looks good. That looks so good. Yeah. Uh, also, I can't wait for the next Bond movie. Yeah, that'll never come out. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's been delayed like eight times. <laughs> well, it's supposed to come out like... Wasn't it supposed to come out originally at the end of 2019? No, early 2020, like March 2020. Something like that, yeah. And then it got delayed to August, and then I think it got delayed to December, and then it got delayed indefinitely. Yeah. It's not fun. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah. It's got Ana de Armas in it. She's great. Oh, yeah, um, she's great. Anyway. Move on. Move um, on. Another movie. On. You already mentioned, actually, you already mentioned Tenant. I feel like we we don't have to talk about that too much because we've yeah. we've kind of we've kind of uh, talked a lot about that. But uh, we have talked ad nauseum about Tenant. But yeah, Tenant came out in 2020. We watched it in 2020. Super frustrating. Super amazing. All at the same time. Yeah. Um. Never seen a movie that pisses me off and is awe inspiring all at once, like Tenet is. How does it piss you off? I'm curious. Um, well, for one, the mix, the mix really drives me nuts. Oh yeah. Um, did you end up especially did you end after up the first it? few times I'd seen it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I picked it up. I watched it on my. Um, I've got a sound bar, and I was hoping that being at home, and I don't know, just not being in a theater that it was going to be better, and then the mix is still crazy loud. Um, and I think. Being in the theater the first time I saw it, I just kind of ignored it because I was in the theater watching Tenet and I was so excited for that movie that I just didn't even care that my eardrums were bleeding. Um, so when I watched it at home for like the third time, I was like, okay, this is getting old. Eh. But also it's, I don't know, I think it's frustrating because Christopher Nolan just does not care about generally accepted means of storytelling he no. does not give a crap um and so there's so much just like confusion about things like i still don't understand everything about it and i've seen it three times yeah I, i've seen it i've seen it like th four times three or four times and yeah i'm still like yeah there's what? still some moments when you're like what's happening but also at the exact same time that I'm like, ugh, it is just amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. It is the weirdest movie experience I think I've ever seen because I'm so split the whole time where I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, you just feel adrenaline. Like, you are just in it. Yeah. But at the same time, there's moments when you're just so frustrated yeah i remember the first time like you you guys you i mean and i loved it but i remember like i walked out and my head was hurting so badly that i was yeah. like yeah but i watched it at home and it was fine i watched it on my my 4k tv um and um 
I mean, when you can control the volume, that does help. Yeah, and also subtitles. Subtitles do help as well. Yeah. Um, I was actually about to say that. Subtitles are a great idea for that movie and all the movies in French and Spanish. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of a given. <laughs> yeah. Um, Another movie I saw in 2020 was Parasite, which is almost the perfect movie. Um, it's got... It was like mainstream successful and film successful, which virtually never happens, at least yeah. to the extent that Parasite was. And it is narratively, um, filmically perfect. Like, there's nothing wrong with Parasite at all. I still got to watch it. <laughs> you haven't seen it? Grayson! No. It is literally the perfect movie. Like, people talk about classic movies like, you know, we've talked about Rear Window on here. People talk about Psycho. People talk about 2001 A Space Odyssey, Citizen Kane, all the, you know, the landmark movies that change film forever. And I don't know that Parasite changes film forever. It's just perfect. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It does everything perfectly it sets you up um for all of its plot turns in such a way that you just don't see them coming at all they blindside you um the symbolism is unbelievable the commentary about the social commentary in it is so subtle but so impactful um the cinematography is wonderful the acting is wonderful it's just so sublime. Like, it just makes you feel nice and warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll see if I agree with you whenever I get around to watching it, but I have yet to do yeah, so. Yeah, you need to watch it. I'm it's sorry. a cheap Blu-ray. You can find it in Walmart. It's like 7 bucks right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, then. Uh, yeah, I'll get on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, a good one. It's a must-see for sure. Let's see here. Um, what else do I have? Ah, yes, this was one. This is probably, I'd say, yeah, I'd say this is my favorite of last year for sure. Um, and it was right before the brink of uh, of COVID. Um, and that was the Invisible Man. Mm. I didn't put that on my list because I knew it was going to be on yours, and I didn't want to talk about it twice. Yeah, but the Invisible Man was super fun to watch it is i've seen it like three or four times i watched it twice in theaters no i watched it twice in theaters and i watched it a third time when like people at my school had a movie night and they were like hey have you seen invisible mm -hmm. man and i'm like i saw it twice but i'll watch it again <laughs> and yeah. um dude it just i love the sci-fi twists it has um yep I'm also a big fan of the movie upgrade so this being Yo, held yeah. by the same person like Lee Winnell. Yeah, it's just like such a perfect vibe. And like the it the suspense, the the acting, the cinematography and the action are just all so well done. It's super unique and I was I'm like I, I still don't own that movie. I'm very upset about it. I need to watch it. Uh or I need to I need to go buy it. I was gonna get the steelbook for it, but yeah, man. Ooh. I I Yeah, the steelbook for that is really nice. I, I love that movie. It's very good. Yeah, I got it at Redbox. 
I bought the disc at Redbox. So I have all these, I have a box in the closet behind me full of Blu-ray replacement cases. And so when I go to Redbox and buy movies for like three bucks, um, I just stick them in Blu-ray replacement cases. So I've got a stack of just blue cases that have all these Redbox movies in there. Yeah. And Redbox or uh, Invisible Man is one of them. And I don't know it. You kind of pretty much encapsulated all of it. It's um, it's a genre film, but it it's not a goofy genre film. It's very satisfying. It's very, 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 very fun to watch. Um, it's super entertaining, which is, I think, I think everybody kind of says that's a given for movies that you like. Like, oh yeah. yeah, you found it entertaining. But that's not always the case, that a movie can be entertaining. There's a lot of movies that are really good that aren't entertaining. That's probably also why I like Parasite so much, because it's also entertaining on top of all the other stuff that it is. But... We've talked about some movies on here that are just not that entertaining. Like, yeah, you know, Rear Window was not that entertaining for me. It was just kind of like homework. Yeah, uh, exactly. it was enjoyable homework, but it was homework. I think um, one there's like yeah, there's a few movies that are like you watch them and but they're not entirely entertaining. Like, I don't, or maybe they're just a little slow sometimes. They're not like, but maybe that's more mm-hmm. of a pacing thing than an entertainment thing. It's like you watch it for like for what it does not necessarily like how it entertains you because like i have a lot of like i have movies that i love to watch because they're super entertaining and then i have movies that i love to watch and i'm like oh yeah like that movie just is so good like it's not entirely entertaining but like it is just so well done like like i think about like blade runner 2049 which i think is is an entertaining movie but it's not always like whenever i get bored like what is my go-to movie when i'm bored like Oh, that'd be like Tron Legacy and Spider-Man 2 and The Dark Knight and uh, like Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Like those movies that I'm like, oh, these are good movies and they're also really entertaining because I'm bored. Blade Runner is like a very specific (laughs) like like mood setting. It's a feels movie. Right, right. Um, But yeah. Whereas Invisible Man is a you can just sit down with some popcorn on Friday night and enjoy the crap out of yourself. Like later tonight. I bought all the Mission Impossible movies, and I'm going to go back and rewatch them. Good luck on Mission and Impossible 2. I think I might skip it. I might <laughs> skip to three. <laughs> someone, so someone told me random thing that for the Mission Impossible movies, the only like good ones are Ghost Protocol, uh, Rogue Nation, and then the newest one. It's the last three. Yeah. yeah, you don't like. Yeah, them. the first three I, and the last three are very different. See, I I think the third one is great. I think like I don't know why people why people say that the third one isn't like that. I think the first two are kind of meh. Um, the second one is bad. The second one is really bad. But I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is a great villain in the third one. Um, and then Ghost Protocol is where it just just skyrockets, and then you get to. You get. I haven't seen Rogue Nation, but then you get to um, you get to Fallout, and oh, mm-hmm. Fallout is so good. It's just like Fallout is amazing. It's also one of those movies that's like this is just perfect. Yeah, it's yeah, you're not wrong. It's real good. But anyway, uh, another movie I had on this list, and you're gonna be very happy. It's The Nice Guys. I watched it in 2020. Oh yeah, yeah. 
good God. Want to talk about enjoying That's an a entertaining movie? movie. Oh, my God. Ryan Gosling so literally can't do any wrong. Like, him and Russell Crowe have such great chemistry together. Like, yeah. God, man, there's, yeah, that's a great movie. It's not just that it's a buddy comedy. It's that the characters are super well done. Um, I think comedies, the difference between Anchorman and the Nice Guys, because there's a massive difference, is the Anchorman has idiots and uh, Sex Panther, uh, Cologne, you know? And the Nice Guys has two dudes getting high in a car and they turn into bees. Or is it bees? Was it like beetles? Uh, it was a bug. I don't remember. I don't, but it was funny. I don't know. I, honestly, but it's, it's like it's minute. smart humor. Oh yeah. And I guess I didn't illustrate it by saying they get high and turn into bees. But, <laughs> um, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the worst explanation of that movie to describe it as smart humor. Also, but Ryan Gosling, the nice screams. guy, is intelligently funny. He yeah. screams. <laughs> he breaks his. What is it? His pinky or something? Yeah. He goes. Yeah, <laughs> his screams are just so funny. Like they're so feminine. He's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Um, I laughed out loud so much watching it. I had so much fun with it. Um, it's intelligently funny, which I like. Uh, I do like dumb funny movies. Don't get me wrong, but. When I can get drawn into the characters, when the story is really cool, when it's a buddy comedy that has really funny buddy dynamics, I get into it. I really want, like, the one thing I want out of 2021 is a Nice Guys sequel, but I know that probably won't happen. Um, or in 2022 or 2023. But all I want out of life is a Nice Guys sequel. Yeah, it super underperformed so it's probably not happening like it it was not very successful it's sad well i'm gonna die sad yeah it's really depressing join the join the train with me and keenan uh, did you ever watch ad astra no i didn't but i know you did dude it's so good really i've heard mixed things about it yeah. Well, all those people that said it stunk, tell them to F off because they're dumb. <laughs> because Ad Astra is great. Um, it's slow, but it was one of the most beautiful movies I think I've ever seen. And I don't know how much that counts for something, but that counts for something. And uh, Brad Pitt is like really moody and stuff, which is, I guess... I don't know. It's fine, but um, it it you could feel the um, the inspiration from classic sci-fi movies. Like it felt, it was, it looked a lot like a combination of 2001: A Space Odyssey and Blade Runner in terms of its cinematography. And then you could throw in a little bit of Interstellar in there as well. Um, but it was gorgeous. And it had a really cool payoff as well at the end of it. Um, I don't know. It was nice. It was very satisfying. It was very fun. 
I liked it a lot. Yeah, I that is one that I want to watch pretty badly, actually. Yeah. Uh, um, I own it. Oh, you do? It's one of those Redbox movies. Yeah, I remember that's <laughs> what you told me about. Yeah, I still have a couple of those Redbox movies that I bought and then I never ended up watching. Uh, I have Yesterday. I've got a lot of movies and, that I've watched or bought that I never watched. Uh, I have 21 Bridges. I have... I also bought that on Redbox, and I watched it, and it's really good. Oh, really? Okay. How come you didn't watch that after Chadwick Boseman died? Uh, it's I want to pretty soon, actually. Um, I'm just, you need to. Yeah, I'm still. I also want to see Ma Rainey's. Is it Black Bottom? What? Is that the name of it? The one that just came out with Viola Davis and Chadwick on Netflix. It was Chadwick's last acting role before he died. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, there's a movie that came out on Netflix like literally a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I think it's called Ma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And Chadwick Boseman plays a pretty significant role in that movie. And I read some things, and maybe it's just because of the context of it, but some people were saying it was Chadwick's best role, which is saying a lot. Yeah, because he's done a lot. So He's done a lot. He's only acted in like what 11 or 12 movies but he's done some big time movies yeah and all of so, his characters have been very like profound uh mm-hmm. and inspiring yeah I, I didn't know about that yeah. actually um yeah definitely check that one out i watched that as soon as i saw it because i was like dude yeah chadwick <laughs> yeah i i was talking <laughs> with keenan the other day about that and i was just like it's insane to me that he's been you know he's been gone for like almost six months uh it's been like i think it's been five yeah because it was around like all, like middle of august and i'm like it was actually right after my birthday i believe mm-hmm. um yeah i that, still won't forget when we were recording a comic blast episode and was it you that messaged in or said something like I, hey uh chadwick I, boseman just died i called keenan I was in the hotel room after I had spent my entire 21st birthday at Disney and I saw the news and I was so like, like so devastated. I just like, I had had to call him immediately because you guys were in the middle of recording and I was like, Hey, um, yeah. Like Chadwick Boseman passed away and he was like, Oh, what? Yeah. And I I don't think that episode ever released. Um, Nope. Because no, we never released that one. Yeah, because it was like, yeah, it was just, it was rough, man. And then I went to the yeah. Disney store the next day, and I talked to the manager, like there, like the Marvel store that they had, and I talked to the manager uh, for like thirty minutes. And he was a black guy, and he was super cool. Um, yeah, talked to him for like thirty, forty minutes, and I had like a Black Panther display out and everything, and. Like yeah. we literally had gathered like a ring of people around the store about him and I talking about Chadwick Boseman and like what he did for like not only for like the the people he represented but also just like acting in general like he was such a mm-hmm. uh, and not even just like not as just T'Challa but like Jackie Robinson and um, I believe was it like James Brown mm-hmm. um, yep. Uh, and get on up yeah um and people were like around us like just listening in and we're just like having this discussion i'm like i feel like i'm like public speaking right now or like i'm doing a podcast (laughs) in the middle of the store that's not being recorded but um Yeah. yeah um anyway 
I digress. Um, what other movies you got on there? I've got two, and I don't really want to dwell on them too much because we All both right. watched them when we both were like, meh. And <laughs> uh, that we talked about this movie in our last episode. That would be Wonder Woman 84. It was Garbo. What? You can go listen to it. Uh, our thoughts on Big that one in the last poo-poo. episode. Yeah. <laughs> and, we also, and then we watched this one together. And I don't think we hated this one as much, but we still didn't love it. And that was Birds of Prey. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. Yeah, that was that's not that's not as bad as Wonder Woman eighty four. Like I said, it was only not as bad because it wasn't as stupid. Yeah, Wonder Woman eighty four just had so many things wrong with it that it's worse. Birds of Prey wasn't good at all, but it just had less things wrong with it. <laughs> I think Birds of Prey was was tolerable. I didn't think Wonder Woman yeah. was tolerable. I won't watch it again, but I didn't hate that I spent money watching it. Yeah. Wonder Woman, if I, I would like, have spent give money... My, give me my time back. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Like, my time, I would like that back. But the money, I'm like, eh, whatever. With Wonder Woman, if I would have paid money for that, I would have been like, um, I want a refund. That was a waste of everything. Not only my time, but also my money. And uh, Birds of Prey was just wasting my time. The day we are recording, I said, is the last day that it is on HBO Max. Um, So if you haven't, well, I I don't even know if it'll be up by the time. So if you're listening to this, you've lost your chance. But guess what? Probably for the best. (laughs) You missed it. You didn't really miss anything. (laughs) I've got one last movie on here. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. I don't think you've seen this. I've told you to see it, but I don't think you've seen it. It's a small little indie film on Amazon Prime called Blow the Man Down. Yeah, and no, it was I haven't so heard good. about this at all. Um, I think some of why I liked Blow the Man Down was because of its genre or its place or setting or just kind of like the feel of it. It's It takes place in... A fishing town in Maine, I believe. Uh-huh. Or something very similar to that. Um, and it's basically about two teenage girls who, like, accidentally murder somebody and then find a way to get away with it. It's so good. And I think it's really good, not necessarily... I don't know. I I don't know if it's a movie that every single person who watches it will think it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. But I love the setting. I love the the soundtrack. The acting is really quaint. I love the cinematography, the colors, the feel, the atmosphere of it. It's very fun for me to watch. But also, I really enjoyed the plot. Uh, like I found it really interesting and just kind of like the quaintness of it. Like it feels. Like, if they took a, one of those, um, huh, if they took, like, a Hallmark movie but made it good, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Like, okay. if you could give a Hallmark movie a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, it would be Blow the Man Down. <laughs> it has that, that, like, quaint feel to it, but it's actually a good movie, and it's not a dumpster fire of a Hallmark movie. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm looking so, at it right now. It's phenomenal. Like, I'm looking at the reviews, and they're phenomenal, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Interesting. 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 I think it's made by two sisters, and it was like their first, their feature film debut. Directors Bridget's Savage Cole. Okay. 
and Danielle Crudy. Uh, I don't know if they were sisters, but they definitely look like friends. Um, yeah, something like that. Maybe I confused them, but yeah. Either way, they're yeah. They yeah. are at at the least they're f- collaborators. Um, right. But it's a really great movie, and I love it a lot. And I don't know many people who've seen it, which is probably also why I like it even more. So, yeah. if you haven't seen Blow the Man Down, go find it on Amazon Prime. You will not be sorry you did. It's great. I'm going to have to do that. You need to do it. Um, I, only have, I only have two last ones, and they're not, like, one is better than the other. Um, but the first one I'll mention is another Pixar movie, Onward, which I, which came out in Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I don't think it's, like, in the upper echelon of... Uh, of Pixar movies, but I really enjoyed it. I like Tom Holland and Chris Pratt and kind of, and just the message of that movie overall. I know Cole, um, was hit really hard by that movie. Um, Mm -hmm. just cause it was very like personal to him. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was, it was a solid movie. The last one was like one of the first movies. I think I almost, I think I almost saw it a year ago. Actually, it was for my dad's birthday. We went to go see it. Um, and it wasn't terrible. But it wasn't great, and that would be Bad Boys for Life. Um, yeah, I remember you going to see this one because you like did a report or a video or something on it uh, where like you were talking about post. it. When you did one on nineteen seventeen, yeah. I did one on Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were like, "Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really good." And I was, I had no reason to doubt that because Bad Boys Two was really good. And then uh, I remember after you watched it, you were like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you don't." Yeah, it's don't, just don't like your time with it. if you're a Bad Boys fan, go out and see it. But if I'm like Bad Boys, if you're not a diehard like, Bad Boys fan, yeah, and like Bad Boys is such a niche franchise too that it's like it is. It had been like 15 years since the last one had come out. So and you're from what just, I could tell, it was nothing like Bad Boys too. No, not really. It wasn't directed by Michael Bay. It was directed by these like music video directors, which they didn't do a bad job. But I think Bad Boys for Life is better than the first Bad Boys. I think the first Bad Boys kind of sucks. First uh, Bad Boys kind of stinks. Yeah. This, yeah, that's so weird because the second Bad Boys is so good. And the first one, I don't remember being that good. And I haven't seen Bad Boys for Life because I was told, don't, don't waste your time. Don't bother. They clearly, they, I feel like they're just trying to like pull like a Fast and Furious thing with that franchise. Yeah, that's so that would be my comp for it. Would be like, oh yeah, it's Fast and Furious, where they just they want to make money. It's not a good movie, but it'll make money. It'll be a commercial success, and it'll kickstart somebody's career because they made money making a bad movie. Yeah. And that's how the like the last six Fast and Furious movies have gotten made. Yeah, which is really kind of sad. And I because mean, The Rock, Fast and Furious is more entertaining than Bad Boys, though. At least some of them oh, are. Jeez. Like, Tokyo Drift well, and like the newer Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Are, like pretty enjoyable. But the like the first no, what two is Fast and Furious movies are trash. Yeah, they're terrible. Three, four, five, six, and seven are tolerable. Seven is tolerable only because of the whole Paul Walker thing. 
Six is actually good. Five is actually good. Four Hobbs is actually and good. Shaw actually, actually good. looks good. Like it looks really. I haven't seen it. I haven't either. I just because I like. I kind of want Statham. to, but I also like don't want to. It's almost like touching fire. Like you're you want to do it as a kid. <laughs> you know, you're sitting around you're sitting around a campfire holding your little marshmallow, making a s'more, and you're like, that fire looks like it'd be fun to touch. I just kind of want to see what would happen. But you know that when you touch it, you're going to be burned and it's going to hurt a lot. And you're going to be like, why the freak did I think that was a good idea? That's kind of how I feel like Hobbs and Shaw is. Where it's like, it could be good. I think it's going to be good. But it's from the people who made Fast and Furious, which means it's going to stink. So maybe I shouldn't do that. Hobbs and Shaw has like a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's honestly not that bad. That's not terrible. It's also directed by David Leach. Okay. What did Fast 8 have? Because it was actually abysmal. I don't even remember it was Fast horrible. 8, but I'll look it up right I now. I fell asleep. I wanted to die. Oh, The Fate of the Furious? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. That's also 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, it stinks. <laughs> when did this one come out? 2017? Yeah. It's so bad. Don't they have a... Aren't they going to make three... 9, 10, and 11. F. Gary Gray directed this movie? Yeah, they're making a ton. Fast and Furious yeah, 9. Why? Is, and then, like, Maybe they can revamp the franchise and almost do like a Mission Impossible, except Mission Impossible never made bad movies. But maybe they can just get better the more they make them. I don't know. Maybe. They I'm can just, just get Christopher McQuarrie to write the screenplay for them, and maybe they'll be good. <laughs> Scott Eastwood was in this movie? Yeah, dude. I don't remember that at all. Oh, yeah. They had that, to pull out all the stops. He's called, he's called Little Nobody. <laughs> Kurt Russell is Mr. Nobody. <laughs> Freaking Christopher Kaiju, <laughs> the guy from Game of Thrones. He Christopher plays... Kaiju. Haiju. Haiju, that's what it is. Yeah, he's in it too. He's great. Only because he's in Game of Thrones and he's uh, so yeah. wholesome in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Wait, is this freaking? Is this Chris Evans' wife is in this movie? What? Chris Evans isn't married. Yeah, he is. What? He's married Captain to... America, Chris Evans? No, sorry, Chris Hemsworth. I'm sorry. Oh, no, he... Elsa Pataki or what, however you say her. Yeah, name? she's in. Yeah, she's in this movie. Okay. Like Chris Evans isn't married. Yeah, no, Chris Evans is not married. Sorry. Anyway. That's all I got. That's all we got. That's the list. That's the T, bro. So I I already gave my answer. What is the one movie that you're most excited for to see this year? That's at least exposed. So, well, you already said it. It's Dune. Dune. It's yeah. Dune. Yeah, one thousand percent. It's Dune. I'm so excited for Dune. You have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's I would think you three. would be too, because it's Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, it's in my top three, but I'm really hyped for Cherry. Oh, okay. I'm so much more hyped for Dune than anything else coming out in Cherry. I read about last night. I saw the trailer. I watched the actors on actors that Variety did between Tom Holland and Daniel Kaluuya or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. who's in like that Judas and the Black Messiah movie that's coming out. Um, yep. But they, yeah, Cherry's based on like a real guy. Um, really? And, yeah, that's like actually served time in prison and stuff. Um, but yeah, Tom Holland, like he's such a like. 
he's become one of my favorite actors now just because he just he's really shown his worth like beyond just spider-man yeah he keeps taking he keeps taking roles that aren't just like a vanilla marvel role like right he he was spider-man which but also before he was spider-man he was in a a little movie with ewan mcgregor called or was that when he was a kid yeah, when he was a child actor, and I cannot. It was it was about him surviving a tsunami. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember the name of it, but it was so good. Um, I'm a slept find it on. Out. Amazing. It's called like un not unbreakable. The um, impossible. The impossible. That's what it was. Holy yeah. cow, dude! There's a moment when, um, his mom like snaps her leg. Mm-hmm. like fractures her leg and he's helping her fix it and it's just ah uh, like the the performance you're getting out of this like eight-year-old kid is just ridiculous he's been talented for a long time yeah um and he so like i knew he was good because he was in that movie and that just that kind of talent just doesn't go away right but he was spider-man and there's just is not required the same amount of acting chops playing spider-man as there is being in devil all the time or cherry or the impossible like it just doesn't require the same amount of acting ability yeah Um, he's in a lot of just like very like i think they could stick me in a marvel movie and it would still make money like it doesn't matter it's kind of a machine that just kind of you could plug and play with movies like that yeah but they did that with brie larson well well, I mean, I guess it still made money. I think that was more the character than it was Brie Larson. But also, Brie Larson is kind of insufferable, so. Well, Captain Marvel in the comics is really good, so. She doesn't suck. Maybe it, maybe it was just what they wanted to do with the character. Plus, Brie Larson was like, yeah! I don't know. It I don't know. That's work. a different Whatever, that's a different whatever combination it was, it didn't work. It is. That is all for uh, for us. If you would be so kind... If you could leave a like and a and a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode with your friends on Spotify, uh, you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd at Josh Johnson ninety eight with two N's, and you can follow Grayson everywhere that you would want to follow somebody at Schradster eight. Indeed. Um, also check out any final words yeah check out uh, Comic Blast Podcast which is the other podcast that we attempt to do or at least Josh tries to hop on from time to time I'm on there pretty frequently almost all the time Um, also I just started a podcast talking about sports you did called The Bench Warmer and a Brew yeah where I try new beers and talk about sports events that are happening I listened to two episodes, and, and I don't care anything about sports, but they were still really good. So if you care about sports, I'm sure it'll be even more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go check it out. And with that, I bid thee adieu. Goodbye.